episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. For those folks outside of New York, CUNY stands for City University of New York. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And the reason why I mention that is because, you know, this is a grant. So I might, well, you know, if this gets big enough, maybe this could be sustainable. But if not, I will probably need a job. So I'm just (laughs) letting people know now I'm not a student. Don't worry. I have a, I have that piece of paper. It's on my, it's not on my wall yet. I haven't bought a frame for it yet. But anyway, if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically the Proud Boys which are a big part of this episode today. Not, this isn't the Proud Boys origin story. That's going to come up later. Separate, separate episode for that. Okay, this is what I did. I'm going to break it down. You'll understand why this is a separate episode. So on Thursday, when 20 million Americans were watching the congressional hearings on January 6th, the riots on January 6th, Fox News notoriously refused to air it. They put it on Fox Business instead, which is a much smaller um, channel, very much, much smaller audience. They decided instead to go ahead and run Tucker Carlson tonight into Sean Hannity and then the Ingram angle, depending on how long. Nobody was really sure how long this hearing was going to last. So I captured Fox Business's broadcast, PBS broadcast, and then four freaking hours solid of Fox News programming. This took a minute. (laughs) I had two computers going at one time, but I had to go back and do it again. Because again, I always explain this, when I capture something, if it's an hour, it takes an hour to capture it. You can't just download an episode. So I went through all of it. And what this podcast is really about, because it's really the most compelling stuff, Because there was some differences between the commentary between Fox Business and PBS, but it's not that interesting. What was far more fascinating was to go back and forth in real time between the two, between PBS, which everybody was basically seeing the same footage, and Fox Primetime. And the way I did this is I go into Premiere Pro I take both episodes, I cut them so they were the exact same length, and then I stacked Fox on top of PBS. And what you could do is you cut back and forth between the two, and it's relatively easy. And what I did was I went through, I muted Fox, so I went through PBS first, and when I would see something that would go, yeah, that's compelling, I would snip it and then go back with completely blind and just see what the heck Fox had and stick it on the end of the PBS. So I did not look at what Fox was doing before I selected PBS because PBS was really the focus. Like what was the main focus and then what was at the exact same time approximately, what was Fox showing its viewers? And a couple of times I got really lucky because it was kind of the same exact topic. There were some wild moments. Um, I avoided long speeches given by anybody because I don't really think that's very compelling. I tried to get riot footage. I tried to get testimony of a witness, somebody who was there, that sort of thing. 
So we're just going to go right into the headline. There's a million clips, a mil not a million, but that's what took me so long. So I'm a, like a day later than I wanted to be with this podcast. I went through the entire 16 clips that I made. There, don't worry, there's not 16 clips in the podcast. But I, I made sure the time code was exact. And then I loaded all 16 clips onto YouTube separately. So if you want to watch just one or two, you can do that. And then I put all 16 clips together in one big long video, which shows the time code. So if you want to check my work and go back and look through both, you can find I'm not lying. These are the exact, there's sometimes I tweaked it in that I would take out uh, when there was like the middle of a sentence or sometimes I kind of move things a few seconds over so you could see like the beginning of a phrase or beginning of an idea. So it didn't look too chaotic. And there was a couple of times I'm going to premise this that I didn't cut back and forth because then this gets really confusing. Someone from Fox was showing the live coverage of the hearing. <laughs> so I just avoided those spots because that would be like, which, what am I watching? So there's a couple um, spots I just didn't do because it was like, this is just going to confuse, confuse the heck out of the viewer. It's already a little confusing, but if you watch the clips, look at the corner at the left-hand corner, you can see it's either going to say Fox or PBS NewsHour. So that's where you'll know which one you're watching. So to the headline, how did Fox News spin the January 6th hearing in real time? A condensed overview of four hours of Fox primetime coverage compared to PBS coverage of the January 6th hearings. In a defiant move, Fox News decided to air Tucker Carlson tonight and Hannity instead of showing the first night of the Congressional Committee on the January 6th riot which was broadcast live on every other news network. Then, in an attempt to keep their viewers from straying to even a moment of the other network's coverage, they didn't break away for a single commercial for a solid two hours. And I will add that this time of night on Fox News, the commercials get kind of weird anyway, because more mainstream advertisers avoid Tucker Carlson, so he's just got a lot of my pillow and like the Trump book and like Mike Huckabee warning children about socialism. I'm not kidding. The ads get really weird um, for Tucker Carlson. So the craziest thing that I, you immediately notice when you're watching the, the Fox coverage of it is that the hearing and Tucker Carlson's broadcast were both live. Yet Tucker Carlson, who's reading off a teleprompter of a obviously pre-written monologue, is complaining about how boring <laughs> the hearing is. And you're like, wait a second, there's no way you could see it. You cannot do two things at the same time. You cannot look at a teleprompter and focus and get your show out and pay attention to this hearing. You might have somebody talking to you in your ear, which I'm sure you did, but there's no way you could really criticize it because it was. You, it's not like they didn't take a break until a, like an hour in and your show is only an hour long, so there's no way you saw it. There's no way you could see it. It's not possible. So anyway, and they would sometimes show it in a screen. They would put like the little screen within a screen and you could see the hearing. And a lot of times it was just, you know, just people just in seats. You couldn't see anything. And sometimes you'd see a little bit of the footage. So that was just completely crazy. The first clip I want to show you, I wanted to put it up top because I think this was just so telling. This is not chronological. What I did was I took clips from all three, Tucker Carlson, Tonight, Hannity, and the Ingram Angle, and stuck them together in a little montage. And this is based on uh, a comment that Representative Benny Thompson, the chair of the committee, made at the very, very beginning 
of the of the entire event. And you'll hear it, and it's just interesting that a comment about slavery by a black man would elicit this kind of response from Fox News. That's all I have to say. I don't really have to... I'm from a part of the country where people justify the actions of slavery, the Ku Klux Klan, and lynching. I'm reminded of that dark history as I hear voices today try and justify the actions of the insurrectionists on January 6th. This first clip is from Tucker Carlson. Tonight, I should introduce this voice. You're going to hear him speaking to a man named Jason Whitlock. He's a black pundit, best known from Blaze Media. So, uh, you know, why is Benny Thompson invoking the memory of slavery as we talk about a dispute over the last election? Tucker, I, I live in the South right now. I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I've lived in Rock Hill, South Carolina previously. Again, I don't know what part of the South Benny's from, but I just haven't people, tr I've not been involved with people trying to justify slavery in my lifetime. I just haven't yeah. experienced that. And so again, it's slander. This next clip is from Hannity. This is Greg Jarrett. He, it happens to be white. He is the legal analyst for Fox News. They have him on all the time. There was also, I, I would argue, a measure of desperation here. Benny Thompson, the chairman, uh, trying to compare this to, to slavery in what smacked of blatant race baiting. And this last clip is from the Ingram angle. This is a representative who happens to be black. His name is Byron Donalds. He's from Florida. Is it quite in January 6th and slavery, the KKK, even though some of these proud boys, I believe, were minorities themselves, right, including the leadership. Is this Listen, effective? I mean, I, I don't know where he was going with that. It's just more gaslighting from Benny Thompson, Thompson and from the left. Listen, everybody knows slavery was disastrous for the United States, but we're, nobody's trying to equate that to January 6th, number one. And number two, um, every Republican who was in the Capitol building, we all did not agree with what happened on January 6th. We've all denounced the violence of January 6th. It is purely unacceptable. But the gaslighting from the Democrats remain when they try to find some way to salvage the fact that they don't know actually how to run a country like the United States of America. America because their agenda is flawed, it's terrible, it doesn't help Americans try to actually live their lives today and going forward. You can, so you can probably tell from that clip that um, Donald is a Republican. Um, so I just thought it was very interesting that all three shows really felt the need to address that clip. I'm not really sure why uh, a, a black man talking about slavery was so controversial, but apparently it was. Um, and I did check um, the Fox News at night hour that I captured, and that was Shannon Bream, she did not address that clip. And that her show was more uh, traditional news. It definitely has a, a slight Fox bent to it, but it's not nearly as heated or opinionated as the other primetime shows. It's kind of a late night, just straight news show. So getting into it, um, Tucker had a very kind of ridiculous quote at the very beginning of his show. I won't read the whole quote. It's in the, it's in the newsletter. He just says, it tells you a lot about the priorities of a ruling class, that the rest of us are getting yet another lecture about January 6th tonight from our moral inferiors, no less. It's like, okay, yeah, great, Tucker. Clutch your pearls, honey. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he, and he was just freaking out. Um, and that's the other thing that was very interesting that I'll go back to a little bit. So he, he brought up the slavery comment. There's no way he saw the slavery comment. 
He could not have seen it because he was broadcasting at the exact same time uh, Representative Thompson said that. So obviously a producer said something in his ear and they, you know, maybe the guest suggested he wanted to talk about it. I don't know. It could have been that Whitlock wanted to say, hey, I have something to say about that slavery comment. Perhaps. I don't know. But it was interesting that Tucker was so opinionated about it, but there's no way he could have seen it because, again, these were simultaneous. So there was a few just blatant mistruths that I will address right now in Tucker Carlson's very long, extended, heated monologue, as he likes to make them. So the first thing he said was that there were no rioters that had any firearms. That's not true. Um, Twelve rioters or individuals were charged with firearms offenses. Some had guns off-site, but they still had guns. Um, so that's just not true. And I have a link to that source as well. The other thing is he said that no, no, one, no officers died. That's debatable. Brian Sicknick did die of what they found out later were two strokes that he had right after the event. And it's sort of debatable of like, what caused strokes in a perfectly otherwise healthy 42-year-old man? Could it have been the stress of the event that exacerbated that problem? I think it's reasonable to say yes. Um, but originally, the reports were that he was hit on the head with a fire extinguisher that was later corrected. And of course, this happens all the time, in a, especially in a riot, where you would get the wrong information from law enforcement or witnesses. And then the press would report the wrong information. Tucker decides this wasn't just a mistake that was made, you know, in the fog of war after a riot. Tucker turns this into a huge, no, this is a huge conspiracy to cover up things that happened at the riot by the media. And he goes on and on about that, which I don't think that's really what happened. But anyway, and then he talks about Ashley Babbitt, who was the unfortunate uh, woman who was shot by a Capitol Police officer as she tried to break through a broken window in like an area that was obviously barricaded and they didn't want anybody to go past it because apparently the um, members of Congress were very, very close by. And it was absolutely a terrible situation. And I don't know enough about law enforcement to speak intelligently on this, but the man, the officer who shot her was cleared of any wrongdoing. So then Tucker goes into a series, a series of short little conspiracy theories involving a man that he claims might be an informant. Then he talks about how, oh, they opened the doors for them. The cops opened the doors for the protesters, you know, like being like entrapment. He goes on about this crazy lie about a pipe bomb and Kamala and Vice President Kamala Harris, which I didn't quite understand. And it's just a bunch of like one right after the other. And then he goes into something that's just, he's been repeating this for months. I've seen him talk about this for months. He demands to see all these hours of surveillance footage that he claims are unavailable to the press. Well, this should be very obvious why they're unavailable to the press. When footage is being used in an active criminal investigation, the, the press is usually not going to get that footage unless law enforcement thinks it will somehow help their case. It can also damage the person who's you know up on charges for whatever is in the footage. Like you do, There's so many reasons why law enforcement would hold back or a lawyer would hold back footage from being released to the general public because it's part of an ongoing criminal investigation. That's That should be common sense, but you know, Tucker Carlson would just like to complain about it anyway. Now, the first clip that I have is going back and forth between the footage happened at about seven minutes in, seven minutes and 15 seconds. And this was, again, I, I found the clip of Representative Thompson compelling 
I cut it at about a minute and then I just went flipped over to see what the heck Fox had, you know, broadcast at the exact same moment and then stuck it at the end of the first clip. And this is very telling because he's basically it's the exact same topic. And there's no way Tucker Carlson would have known beforehand what order the committee would have gone in. So this is this is this was I just was floored by this. Hear what his former attorney general had to say about it. I warn those who watching that this contains strong language. No, just what I, I've been through, I've had, I had three discussions with the president that I can recall. One was on November 23rd, one was on December 1st, and one was on December 14th. And I've been, been through, through sort of the give and take of those discussions. And in that context, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bullshit. And... Uh, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it, and that's one of the reasons that went in. Silence. And of course, above all, they lie about the reason that January 6th happened in the first place. And you know what it is. The entire country watched Joe Biden get what they claimed was 10 million more votes than Barack Obama himself got. Joe Biden got 10 million more votes than Barack Obama got. And a lot of those votes arrived after the election. In a lot of places, voting Voting was stopped in the middle of the night. Why? In the biggest states in the country, voter ID was optional. Why is that okay? A lot of the protesters on January 6th were very upset about that. And they should have been. All of us should be. But the January 6th committee ignored all of that completely. Instead, on the basis of zero evidence, no evidence whatsoever, they blamed the entire riot on white supremacy. Here's Joe Biden. That's kind of a classic Tucker rant. Um, he actually ended his monologue, I forgot to say this, it's in the newsletter, on just the question, why? That's what he does. Why? Everything's a why. I'm just asking questions. So I included a video about uh, a journalist named Michael Tracy, who is ridiculed a lot on Twitter because he's kind of a mess. Um, I'm not going to put it in the podcast just for time, but it's just very telling. Um, Michael Tracy's a man who... Uh, took photographs of trucks in Poland and like made up a story about them that he had no other corroborating evidence for. That That's Michael Tracy. That's his version of journalism. Now, in this pair, I actually play Tucker Carlson first, which is the only time I do this. But there's a very specific reason. And I'm going to, again, preface the fact that Tucker Carlson had no idea what was being broadcast on the other network before he showed it. So we should tell you, and as we said at the top, this is the only hour on American television that is not broadcasting unfiltered propaganda into the homes of unsuspecting viewers. On the screen, you see eight boxes. Those are eight different TV channels taking the Nancy Pelosi feed unfiltered. Now, if at any time in your life you've ever made fun of totalitarian regimes that, you know, broadcast lies into the homes of the population that they can't turn off, Take a look at that. That's happening right now. Now, because this is audio, I'm going to have to explain what you're about to hear. What Liz Cheney was showing at that exact moment were text messages between Sean Hannity and Donald J. Trump that happened during the riots. Tucker Carlson had no idea what he just cut over to. No clue. Because he just, originally you just see 
Liz Cheney's face on a screen and he's like, oh, look at that propaganda. And then, bam, text messages from Sean Hannity. And I, I, my jaw dropped. Uh, Trump's press secretary, Kayleigh McEnany. Sean Hannity wrote, in part, he now, no more crazy people, no more stolen election talk. Yes, impeachment and 25th Amendment are real. Many people will quit. Ms. McEnany responded in part, love that, that's the playbook. The White House staff knew that President Trump was willing to entertain and use conspiracy theories to achieve his ends. They knew the president needed to be cut off from all of those who had encouraged him. They knew that President Donald Trump was too dangerous to be left alone. Now, I didn't include it in the newsletter because it would have just been too long, but it's been well documented, this came out a while ago, that several Fox News personalities were tweeting either directly or to someone very close to President Donald J. Trump during the riots. And what Hannity was basically saying to him was knock it off with this election was stolen nonsense. Get it together and call off this riot now. And that's what was on the screen when Tucker Carlson cut over very dramatically to the hearing. He expected it to just be Liz Cheney's face. He did not see that coming. And you couldn't really read the text on Tucker Carlson's screen, but that's what that was. That's why I had to explain it. I was losing my mind. I was like, you got to be kidding me. You just cut over to that? Holy cow, that's nuts. So this next one is another clip that's basically Tucker talking to a congressional candidate who's probably not, has no prayer, because I, I looked up where he's running. It's a very deeply blue district from what I could tell. This man named, i um, going to lose his name, Joe Kent. And meanwhile, they're discussing this nonsense and bringing up Nancy Pelosi, which that comes in a little bit later. Um, there's this like horrific footage of a riot. It's okay. Now in this one, I start again with the committee and then go back to Tucker and I'll go back and forth a few times in this short clip. Give Ryan a warning. This is the outrider here. We're going to give Ryan a warning. We're going to try to get compliance, but this is now effectively a riot. 49 hours declaring it a riot. We have to hold these this Republican leadership accountable. It is their job to stand in, in the breach and defend their people from this type of overstep from the Democrats and the national security state. And if they well, fail to do that, they deserve to be primary. And that's exactly what I'm doing. 50 be advised, uh, Capitol Police one advisor trying to breach and get to the Capitol. 50, I copy. We're about five minutes out. We're trying to make our way through all this. It's the Iraq war lady who told us there are weapons of mass destruction. I believe you fought in that war. Um, lecturing us about honor and truth. How could that person that one goes claim on to represent the voters more. of Wyoming? I cut it a little bit short because it's more of a visual than it is an audio clip. But it's basically just, you know, uh, Tucker trashing Liz Cheney. Um, and then Joe Kent also is trashing Nancy Pelosi, which is totally bizarre. I'll explain that later. And then meanwhile, on the actual committee hearing, you're seeing absolutely horrific hand-to-hand -hand combat, brutal violence, you, you know, hundreds of people just charging the Capitol. It's, it's, 
horribly difficult to watch footage. Um, I did include it because again, it's more visual than it is audio. So the next one coming up is this one is telling because this includes a man named Darren Beatty. Now Darren Beatty has known white nationalist ties, which he'll deny, but I, you know, feel very comfortable saying that considering I could find 20 sources that would back me up on that. Um, this is about 55 minutes into the broadcast. It's at the very, very end of Tucker Carlson. Now, Darren Beatty and Tucker Carlson made a goofy Tucker Carlson original film, which I've seen, which I will be reviewing soon. The premise of the film is complicated. And I don't want to waste too much time on it, but it's basically that what happened on January 6th is really an FBI operation and the whole thing is a false flag. So that it's all fake, right? Now, Tucker Carlson has not brought this up. 55 minutes into his program that he's talking about the January 6th hearing does not bring up the term false flag. Who does? Darren Beatty. So I don't know what's going on there. The Tucker would go to the trouble of making this whole film months ago. He made it months ago. And now he's just dropping it. But that's kind of what happens here. That's why this clip is here. And I, I was... I was a little confused, and again, I go back and forth on this one between the uh, riot footage and Darren Beatty talking on Tucker Carlson. What do you make? What do you make you of this? You've been following this since the day it happened. It culminates tonight. Your view. My view is it's important to keep in mind what the stakes are. The stakes are the repurposing and reconfiguration of the national security apparatus against the American people. Incidentally, the Department of Homeland Security has spearheaded this, and amongst his other duties, Chairman Benny Thompson is none other than the chairman of the Homeland Security Committee in Congress as well. He's the DHS's stooge in Congress when the DHS is conducting the patriot purge that you've spoken of so well. <laughs> So that, that clip is interesting because Tucker hadn't talked about the Patriot Purge. Beatty is just trying to plug their movie. It's bizarre. It's just very bizarre. We need an area for the thousand members. They're all walking over now through the tunnels. And so there's a reason that people like us, when we talk about federal involvement in January 6, it's met with the most vicious and hostile response from the regime imaginable. But no matter how dark and uncomfortable these truths are, I find that audio absolutely chilling. They are calling for Nancy Pelosi. And there's other clips, if you watch the whole thing, where they're going up to guards saying, tell us where she is, tell us where she is. We're gonna find her, you better, you better not stop us. You just bring her to us, bring her to us. It's horrific. If you don't like Nancy Pelosi, that's fine, but the woman is like 80, give me a break. What, I mean, it, it, she's a tiny, delicate, petite woman who's like 80 give me I mean it's just I I can't even it's very difficult to listen to that um and Nancy Pelosi is about to become the main focus so now we're going to move on to Sean Hannity hour two of this craziness and Hannity has been pushing this 
from as far as I can tell, from at least July of 2021. And that is this crazy theory that Nancy Pelosi is to blame for all of it. Now, this doesn't make any sense. And I, as I've talked about in the past, do not like to give gravitas to conspiracy theories. So I did one of my famous bulleted lists. <laughs> so instead of explaining this thing at length <laughs> and, you know, trying to give it some legitimacy, it, there's no legitimacy. I just break it down to bare bones because this is common sense. The Speaker of the House would never outrank the Commander-in-Chief of the U.S. military, which would have been President Donald J. Trump. And interestingly enough, if you know anything about that man's personality, the fact that this didn't come out till like months later, are you kidding me? If he could legitimately blame Nancy Pelosi that day, he would have been screaming it on Twitter. The fact that it took them months to come up with this crazy, stupid scheme should tell you that it's fake. Now, it's kind of complicated to explain the whole thing because it involves like sergeant, sergeants in arms and like the man that they're claiming conspired to somehow protect Nancy Pelosi was actually not appointed by her. He, he was appointed by the previous Speaker of the House, which was a Republican. So this claim is completely false. Um, there's a 10-page document on factcheck.org that breaks it down. 10 pages in exacting detail that I have a link to in the, in the newsletter. Hannity has promoted this just like a crazy person. Several other prominent Republicans have also promoted this insanely stupid uh, conspiracy theory. Now, the number of National Guard troops that supposedly Trump wanted to order ahead of time magically changed from 10,000, and you could find this, you could find evidence how this, this number just changed for no reason. It used to be 10,000 National Guard troops because Trump said this in a, he said it in a speech and he said it in an interview. He just said, oh yeah, well, a few days before the riot, I ordered 10,000 National Guard troops, but Nancy Pelosi blocked it. Like what? And then that number gets changed to 20,000. No, no reason. No one ever explains that. Cash Patel was on Hannity Thursday night for a very long segment where he just kept repeating the same stupid conspiracy theory. There was no hard evidence, no paperwork, no documentation that I saw that I could find online. I found like source after source after source debunking this crazy theory. So Patel basically kept saying, oh, well, we had this meeting and in this meeting, which I, you know, don't have any evidence of other than the other people in the meeting who all say this meeting happened, even though there's no paperwork, there's nothing that proves it. We all claim that Trump said, oh, this is going to be really big. I need 20,000 National Guard troops there. And that because of optics, Nancy Pelosi crushed it. And that somehow she's in charge of security at the Capitol, which he is not. Um, Jane L. Campbell, president and CEO of the Capitol Historical Society, was quoted all over the place, multiple, multiple sources. So I just say press. I don't even, I, I, where do I even, I mean, literally, I found this quote like in eight, nine. <laughs> A lot of people talk to this woman and she says, the Speaker of the House does not oversee security of the U.S. Capitol, nor does this official oversee the Capitol Police Board. So that's it. And again, like I could have spent several pages on that and I didn't want to. So Tucker Carlson tonight mentioned Nancy Pelosi seven times. Hannity mentioned her 28 times. The Ingram Angle mentioned her 10 times. And even Fox News at night, kind of the more normal show, mentioned her five times. 
So yeah, they were really trying to make this whole um, Nancy Pelosi caused uh, January 6th a thing. It's it's just absolutely, I mean, they were literally trying to kill her. And they're like, oh, she did it. It's her fault. This is my favorite character in the entire committee hearing. Um, it's Marcus Childress, who is an investigative counsel for the committee. And I just love how he lays everything out. And he's perfectly calm and very professional. And to me, that's like the perfect witness against this crazy to have someone just be like, no, this is this is what happened <laughs> rather than being like crazy emotional like the Fox people are. He's just spells it out and shows things on the screen. And it's just brilliant. So I'm an investigative counsel for the select committee to investigate the January 6th attack on the United States Capitol. What do you want to call him? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacist and white, like me white supremacist and right stand back and stand by. After he made this comment, Enrique Terrio, then chairman of the Proud Boys, said on Parler, standing by, sir. Was pretty much begging them to take the tr to take the guard, and they, they kept refusing in spite of all of your efforts to reach out and convince them the threat was real. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right, Sean. And the Defense Department can only do so much because we're limited by the law, and rightfully so. The Defense Department is not allowed to unilaterally deploy American soldiers domestically without a presidential authorization for National Guard and without a legal request from Nancy Pelosi, um, the Capitol Police, and Mayor Bowser. And as you succinctly described in your outline correctly, which most Americans don't understand that legal process, we did as much as we could proactively and preemptively to go there within the confines of law and ask them, hey, we have authorizations, do you need them? During our investigation, we learned that this comment during the presidential debate actually led to an increase in membership from the Proud Boys. Would you say that Proud Boys numbers increased after the stand back, stand by comment? Exponentially. I'd say tripled probably, with the potential for a lot more eventually. And did you ever sell any stand back and stand by merchandise? Uh, one of the vendors on my page actually beat me to it, but I wish I would have I wish I would have made a stand back stand by shirt. On December 19th, President Trump tweeted about the January 6th rally and told attendees, be there, we'll be wild. Many of the witnesses that we interviewed were inspired by the president's call and came to D.C. for January 6th. They repeatedly refused our authorization request. They repeatedly told us, we don't have anything that shows us there's going to be an attack. And on top of that, as John Solomon pointed out, they were more concerned about optics. You know, we at DOD do not concern ourselves with optics. Cash Patel is referring to DOD Department of Defense. John Solomon, he's referring to a journalist um, who supposedly uncovered this. I Come on, give me a break. So again, factcheck.org, 10 pages, and it's very detailed about all of the legal uh, issues involving this, and that basically this, this Nancy Pelosi nonsense is a fairy tale that they just invented. There's no nice way of putting that. There's no like, oh, they're misunderstand. No, this is complete fiction. Nancy Pelosi was not the one in control. Nancy Pelosi was not the one in charge. Nancy Pelosi didn't even like know about half of this until it was all over. So it's just, she's not in charge of security. Just why would she be? She's got enough on her plate. So the next one is a continuation of this. And I believe I also go back and forth a couple times in it. But again, this was simultaneously being broadcast at the same time on two different networks. But the extremists, they took it a step further. They viewed this tweet as a call to arms. A day later, the Department of Justice describes how the Proud Boys created a chat called the Ministry of Self-Defense Leadership Chat 
Uh, in this chat, the Proud Boys established a command structure in anticipation of coming back to D.C. on January 6th. The Department of Justice describes Mr. Tario coming into possession of a document called the 1776 Returns, which describes uh, individuals occupying key buildings around the United States Capitol. The Oath Keepers are another group that the committee investigated. Now, this next clip is from Alex Jones. It's part of the um, presentation that Childress was giving for the committee. You better get your ass to D.C., folks, this Saturday. Yeah, if you don't, there's, there'll be no more republic. But we're not going to let that happen. It's not even an if. It's, it's either President Trump is encouraged and, and bolstered and strengthened to do what he must do, or we wind up in a, in a bloody fight. We all know that. The fight's coming. The Oath Keepers began planning to block the peaceful transfer of power shortly after the November 3rd election. And according to the Department of Justice, Stuart Rhodes, the Oath Keepers leader, said to his followers that we were not going to get through this without a civil war. Of uh, not just the Capitol grounds, but the men and women who are sworn to do their work there. And that's what we were trying to get them to notice. But unfortunately, uh, they wanted to politicize the January 6th, the lead up to January 6th, and also not put up any fencing or secure perimeter warnings on that date. It was a disastrous uh, lapse in security judgment by the folks at the top. And, and just a note the sergeant at arms reports directly to Nancy Pelosi and Schumer. Those are the only people that could make a decision to refuse such a request. See, I did cut that one off a little bit for time, but again, the full video is on YouTube. But again, one side is talking about, you know, these this gang is saying we're going to have a civil war at the Capitol, and the other one is a bureaucrat trying to explain his way misleadingly around the fact that, you know, there was this horrible, horrible riot that the person he worked for openly encouraged. So that's how insane this is. And again, he's just, he's not telling the truth when he says, oh, you know, they couldn't do anything without, that just, it just, it's just common sense. It would not be the Speaker of the House. It would not be the Majority Leader. It just flat out wouldn't be. It makes no freaking sense. Now, this last clip I'm going to play, and there's a bunch of these on uh, YouTube, but this is probably the most, like, just jaw-dropping one. This is Officer, uh, Capitol Police Officer, Carolyn Edwards, as she describes her harrowing ordeal that day I what I saw was just a, a war scene it, it was something like I'd seen out of the movies I, I, I couldn't believe my eyes there were officers on the ground um, you know they were bleeding they were throwing up they were you know they had uh, I mean I saw friends with blood all over their faces I was slipping in people's blood um, you know, I, I was catching people as they fell. I, you know, I was, it was carnage. It was chaos. I, I can't, e I can't even describe what I saw. I never in my wildest dreams did I think that as a police officer, as a law enforcement officer, I would find myself in the middle of a battle. You know, I'm, I'm trained to detain, you know, a couple of subjects and, and handle, you know, handle a crowd, but I'm, I'm not combat trained. And that day, it was just hours of hand-to-hand -hand combat, hours of dealing with things that were way beyond 
any, any law enforcement officer has ever trained for. Um, I found this opening tonight so underwhelming. Uh, they had built this up to be, this is going to be the definitive moment where we prove that Donald Trump is responsible for the insurrection that took place. They didn't come close to even capturing my interest maybe for three minutes before I said this is a waste of time. How, how, yeah, how will the public measure, view this? Well, not well. I couldn't make that lo those last two clips up. I hand to God, those were the two things going on at the same time on most news networks and then Fox primetime. You have a woman talking about slipping in her fellow officer's blood, being in a war zone, cut to Hannity saying, I just find this boring. There's nothing, no one cares. Now, of course, there was no way that Sean Hannity could be watching a show while he was also broadcasting his own. So he has no idea that at the moment he made those remarks, a woman was talking about slipping in the blood of her fellow officers. I, I mean, I, I don't even have words for that. I don't even know what to say. Now, at the very end, this is the very end. I, do, I don't do much with the Ingram angle because it was just more of the same. And at that point, Fox was no longer competing. They actually started airing commercials. Um, she did have one story that didn't have to do with the um, January 6th committee. It was mostly just her making fun of it, saying nobody would watch it. 20 million people watched it. Plenty of people watched it. And then Fox News at night had one interesting, it was much more normal news coverage. And they had one uh, specific guest, Mark Short, former chief of staff for Vice President Mike Pence, who basically said, well, this sort of proves it wasn't a false flag, which I found funny since Fox produced an entire film basically saying that the whole thing was a false flag. Sometimes that happens. Uh, that always cracks me up when a guest doesn't play by Fox uh, News rules. They just kind of go rogue. Um, and then I did make all of the transcripts into one giant transcripts, and then I searched for words. Um, by the numbers, words used on pro Fox Primetime. This is on the newsletter. But my favorite was uh, white supremacy came up nine times, Proud Boys six times, Lindsey Graham six times, and that was basically all Tucker Carlson screaming because Lindsey Graham had made a comment basically say, you've got guns, use them, about the Capitol Police. Um, saving nine, that's funny because uh, Hannity had a senator on named Mike Lee who just kept promoting his book about the SCOTUS. So it was about the Supreme Court, and Mike Lee, no matter what, just kept making the topic about his book, which I just found humorous. He just kept going, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're doing this committee hearing and all that, and hey, buy my book, Saving Nine. <laughs> it's just like, okay, buddy. And I think we need a moment of silence because this is the first time in the many months that I have studied and analyzed Fox News that a certain representative, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, was not mentioned. Okay, I was a music major undergrad, just a little bit. But not that I do that anymore, I don't. But no, I couldn't believe it either. I was in shock. I, somebody needs to give somebody an award. Something needs to happen because it's never happened before. They always mention AOC. They did not mention AOC. It was Nancy Pelosi all over the place. They go for another layer of misogyny. 
Anyway, thank you. If you want to look at all the numbers, you can check out the newsletter. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm going to have another one coming up about Patriot Purge, which is the terrible piece of garbage film, the Tucker Carlson original about crazy conspiracy theories in January 6th. That should be happening soon. Check me out on TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, especially Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. And the mascots for the podcast, the kittens known as Odin and Thor are doing okay. They're being treated for a parasite right now. Giardia. I'm probably going to say it wrong. If you've had a pet, you know that's a common one. And boy, we're trying our best over here at uh, Casa Jeski, Apartment Jeski, Apartamente Jeski. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. I will probably be having another podcast soon. I'm trying to get these all out of the way, all the January 6th ones related. And again, I appreciate it. It means the world to me that anyone listens to this. Thank you so much. <laughs>